woman without being married would have a child. And yet the Holy Spirit came upon her and she bore and became pregnant with Jesus. And in Luke 1.37, the angel Gabriel declares, For with God nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Today is a day, if you have a word that's been hanging over you that God has given, today is a day to stir your faith and believe that God wants to bring it to pass. God is a God of the impossibilities. Is there something in your life that's impossible? Is there something defying breakthrough in prayer? I tell you, God is a God who wants to do a miracle, showing you that the impossible is nothing before him. God uses the impossibilities to show and display his miracles. My uh, scripture title today is Jesus Fills Everything. Jesus Fills Everything. We are empty people. I don't know about you, but this was one of the hardest weeks I had. I was thankful that Joe went on vacation because we didn't do construction this week. I was so tired. I was so burnt out. My soul was so empty. I tried to go for my walks a couple times a week like my doctor told me. And I was walking Friday, and I felt so oppressed. I felt so discouraged. I felt so heavy. I felt so uh, struggling, even with God I'm trying to deal with some logs in my eye to cast them out. And I felt like, God, is there an oppression on me? Is, the de- is there demons attacking me or something? I feel so heavy. And I came into my office, and I just began to sit. And there's this one song I like to turn on, and it's an, an old, uh, it's an old uh, song. And it's about your kingdom come. And I, this one song, every time I play it, I just, I just feel God. I just feel the Holy Spirit washing over me. But I just began to cry. I began to cry. I began to cry. And the Holy Spirit just started filling me. You know, we have to come to a place of brokenness before he can fill us. If there's anything in ourself, there's a block. Yeah, we can recognize or know God's there. But when we are broken, I tell you, God puts the nozzle in and God begins to fill us. God begins to overflow us with his presence. God begins to push out doubt and unbelief and discouragement. God begins to even push out any demonic things that come over our minds. Because whether we realize it or not, demonic activity brings thoughts against us, temptations, and makes us feel horrible. That's the, that's the enemy that we have no control of. He can come into our mind, but we can choose whether we obey his thoughts. We can choose whether we believe what our mind is telling us about ourselves or uh, about our faith. And I tell you, God wants to renew and refresh us today. God wants to pour into you. This is the Shell gas station today. This is the Stop and Go gas station. This is the Arco gas station. This is a place of infilling. It's the house of God. It's the, the church of God. This is where the Holy Spirit is poured out. This is where the Holy Spirit wants to put a nozzle into you and fill you to overflowing today. That when you go out, like Lori Lori Tilly told you today, when you go out, you're not leaving Jesus here. You're going out, and you're going to face your problems. You're going to face the opposition. You're going to face discouragement. You're going to face your finances, but you're not alone. The God who does miracles, the God who does the impossible, is going to go before you. Our soul life, without God, seeks to find experiences in every other thing. We go after food, we go after sex, we go after uh, substances, we go after everything we can. We're trying to jam something into our heart. Our heart, our soul is so vast, it's so big. Our soul is so needy, but only Jesus can fill our soul. Only Jesus can fill us up. Everything else is an artificial substance. 
Everything is, is not accurate. It's not complete. It's a, it's a counterfeit. Only Jesus can fill us. Only Jesus can come in and satisfy our soul. But when you put Jesus first, when you put him on the throne of your life, things begin to come in order. Then the things that you wanted, yeah, he gives you to enjoy, but they don't even have the same glamour or excitement that you had expected that they would have because something deeper has come and filled the place of emptiness, and that's Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. You know, we get tired of our spouses. We get tired of our friends. We buy new things. I remember when I was a driver, uh, two of our drivers got sent out on some run. It, it, was, it was in the dead of winter. They had, to be, uh, they had to be moving some kind of a chemical they were moving. And they were out there, I think, in Arizona, Colorado, somewhere, somewhere, Utah, somewhere there, there where it was very cold, very snowy. And these guys are pretty good friends. This guy was Rick and Joe. And they were good drivers and everything. And they got stuck in the snow. They were doing something with the trailer. And Joe turns around and he says to Rick, I am so tired of looking at you, Rick. They were in that sleeper, trading off driving for three days. And they were just, Joe was just sick of, he was just sick of Rick. You know, our soul gets that way. We get sick of our friends. We get sick of the familiar. It's that thing we are. We're, we're not home yet. And so there's a longing for fullness. And so we're going after all these things. And Satan is offering so many things to our people, to our young people, to us as distractions. But only Jesus, only Jesus fills the emptiness. Only Jesus comes in and changes the way we think and the way we feel. King Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes 1.8, All things are weary with toil, and all words are feeble. Man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. Jesus fills everything. In Ephesians 1.22 and 23, it says that God put all things under Jesus' feet and gave him, Jesus, to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. We go to all different sources for filling. We go to the gas station for our car, and I don't know about you, but my car likes to go to the gas station a lot. <laughs> and it's always empty. It always needs to be filled. Only coming to Jesus, only coming in to the local church. And if you're visiting today, you've got to find a local church where you can put your roots down. Because when you get connected with God's people where God has you put, you begin to grow in a way you can never grow. You begin to be filled in a way you can never be filled. You begin to deal with the emptiness and the things that are in your life that are not right like never before. Because the Holy Spirit compacts himself in you and he drives it out. Your inner re relations with your uh, brothers and sisters will help drive out the darkness and the things that are uh, keeping your gifts down and opposing what God wants to do in your life. The impossible God fills our emptiness. And we have a need for daily filling. I don't know about you, but when I wake up in the morning, I have to drink water. You know, there was a year about 20 years ago, there wasn't a lot of big push on drinking water. I mean, so how many can realize you went maybe all day and didn't drink, you know? And then finally, oh, I better drink. But now there's an emphasis, drink water. Drink. You see people everywhere. People aren't without their phone or water. I don't know if much work gets done, but they got their phone and they got their water. We are in constant need. Our bodies are hungry for food. You can go to fast food places and, you know, some of them will give free refills. I tell you, Jesus wants to give you a free refill today. He wants to fill you to overflowing with something that will satisfy. He wants to give you that living water like he offered the woman at the well. Something that fills and satisfies beyond any relationship or anything. It can kind of just change the way you are going after certain things. 
spiritual filling, our need for spiritual food, our spirit. I believe our spirit needs more food than our fleshly body. How many of us can eat one meal and we can go a long time? How many of you actually do that? You don't even eat, maybe you only eat one meal a day, maybe it's the end of the day and then you graze. Sometimes that's me. I could go all day and then I graze. But I tell you, our spirit is constantly, once you taste Jesus, you know, you can add substitutes. Your soul can keep you so busy, but your spirit is crying out for food. Your spirit is crying out for spiritual nourishment. Your spirit is crying out to connect with the living God. Your spirit is crying out to have something more that, that this life can satisfy. Many of you have gone after different things, and when you've got it, you realize, it's not satisfying me. And so what? You go after something else, and thankful for uh, technology and everything else, there's always something else offering us. Apple always has a new thing to offer us. My son right now is wanting a $450 Apple phone. His wife is telling him, I mean, watch. His wife is telling him, you're not getting it. <laughs> there was a song in our past we used to sing at, at a Christian community church where I came from. Fill my cup, Lord. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I don't want any more. Fill my cup. I lift it up. Make me whole. We come to Jesus, the source of living water, to be filled. The longing of our soul, the longing of our soul is to be whole and filled. That part of us that's connected in this life, which the Holy Spirit is working on, so that when we go to heaven, we're going to have our whole being, spirit, soul, and then we're going to get a, a resurrected body. Somehow he's going to do something to this body where it's going to be supernatural and it's going to live forever. Whether you're burned up, cremated, or whatever, God's going to put those particles back someday and you're going to have a whole supernatural body and you can walk through walls like Jesus. But our soul is that thing that's, that's the war is over right now because our soul is our will. And it's what we give attention to. It's what the enemy uses to manipulate us and take us away from Jesus. And it's Satan that uses the unbelief, that uses the, the long distance between getting answers to prayer and the things that boggle our mind like another shooting in Texas that makes us think, where is God? But those are distractions. God cares about our soul. God cares about our needs. But this world is passing away. And yes, it was very horrible that people keep dying and young people keep dying. But the biggest thing is, is someone telling those people about Jesus so they can make a decision before life ends. Idols can, in our heart can be things that limit us from being filled. In Ezekiel 14, 2-6, Ezekiel said, This message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, these leaders have set up idols in their hearts. They have embraced things that will make them fall into sin. Why should I listen to their request? Tell them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. The people of Israel have set up idols in their hearts and fallen into sin. And then they go to a prophet asking for a message. So I, the Lord, will give them the kind of answer their great idolatry deserves. I will do this to capture their minds and their hearts of all my people who have turned from me to worship these detestable idols. Therefore, tell the people of Israel, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Repent and turn away from your idols and stop all your detestable sins. You know, Jesus, when he started his ministry in John 2, it was about the empty water pots. Are you full today or are you empty? If you're empty, you're in a good place today because you're going to leave here filled. You're going to leave here encouraged. 
You're going to leave here thinking like, wow, did change happen to me today? I met God. He filled the emptiness of my heart and my soul. In John 2, 1 through 11, on the third day, a wedding took place in Cana of Galilee. And Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. And his mother said to his servant, do whatever he tells you. And nearby stood six stone water jars. Do you know six in the Bible is the number of man? This, w- this story of the six pots is so about us being at a place of celebration but being so empty. The kind used by Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding about 20 or 30 gallons. And Jesus said to his servants, fill the jars with water. And I tell you today, Jesus says, I want to fill your jar with water. I want to fill your heart with water. I want to fill your soul with something that's going to satisfy. You're in routine. You look around and you're like Rick and Joe and they're tired of looking at each other. I tell you, Jesus wants to give life to your marriage. Jesus wants to give life to your family and your relationships. Jesus wants to give you life around your job. He wants to fill you with wine. He wants to turn your water into wine. Jesus said to his servants, fill the jars with water, so they filled them up. We must be empty to want to be filled. We go on while growing more thirsty. Sometimes we just dredge through things. I mean, all week, even getting this message early in the week, I was dredging through on my own because I felt so heavy, so empty, so dry. Empty jars are ready for a filling of something greater. Whatever we give up, whatever we get empty, whatever we go through, even grief and sorrow and loss, are all things God uses to break us open, to let us get to that place where we are desperate, when we leave distractions, when we leave those things that keep us so busy, that we might attach ourselves to God, that we might be open for Him to fill us. Then He told them, draw out some of the water, draw out some and take it to the master of of the banquet. So they did, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned to wine, and he did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom and decided, and he said, everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink, but you have saved the best till now. I tell you, Jesus has something better for you that you're hanging on to. Jesus has something that's going to bring you more satisfaction. Maybe you're holding on to a past relationship. Maybe you've been rejected or left or whatever, and you're grieving over that. I tell you, let it go. Let it go today. Jesus wants to fill you with something more valuable, something more meaningful, something more lasting because he cares about you. He went to the cross for you. One of the commentaries said, people look everywhere but to God for excitement. Excuse me, I'm leaking. People look everywhere but to God for excitement and meaning. For some reason, they expect God to be dull and lifeless, just as the wine Jesus made was the best. So life in him is better than life on our own. Why wait until everything else runs out before trying God? Why save the best until last? What Jesus did here in Canaan and Galilee was the first of signs through which he revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. I tell you, the greatest miracle we're all going to experience today is going out here because we met Jesus, because he filled us today. 
Maybe you're going to go out with the same problems, but it's not going to look the same to you because Jesus feels something deeper, something greater, something of a greater need. Jesus fills what's empty and makes a miracle. We can be empty, but, but, but not open to receive from the Lord. Sometimes we're just kind of hardened towards the Lord. We know, but sometimes we're in places and seasons where we're just hardened towards the Lord. We just have an anger or an edge or, you know, we have a, we have a strong self-will. We, wish, we just want to try it on our own. We just want to try to break through on our own. And that's okay. He understands that. But that's why he takes us through sometimes such hard seasons. That's why he allows our hardness and our rebellion and our resistance to be so strong because he's gracious over our will. He's gracious over us, and he lets us go through it, but then we'll get to a place of breaking, and we receive, and then we kick ourselves. Like, why did, what's wrong with you? Why did you? We say to ourselves, why did you take so long? Why didn't you just receive? It's the process. It's what God does to work with us. But when we're empty, we have to reach out with that expectancy to him who fills and turns water into wine. In Luke 6, 21, Jesus says to us today, blessed, happy, with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, apart from your outward conditions. And to be envied are you who hunger and seek with eager desire now, for you shall be filled and completely satisfied. That means before that prayer is answered, before that thing changes that you're waiting for, that you're reaching out with everything that's saying don't look to God, don't believe, don't have faith, and you're reaching beyond everything that is around your natural condition, that's pressing in expectancy. That's saying, God, I know you've got something more. I can't look at my distractions. I cannot look at places of unbelief. I cannot look at disappointments. I cannot look at unanswered prayer. I cannot look at prophetic words that you've spoken over to me that have not come to pass. I've got to reach beyond because I need to be filled and I need to keep walking in faith. Blessed, happy with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, apart from your outward condition, and to be envied are you who weep and sob now. You shall laugh. What a promise. What a, what a hopeful thing that whatever long season you've gone through, it's going to change. I don't care what it looks like. It's going to change. It's going to be defied by God coming through for you. New wine. Throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, it related to harvest time and the refilling and refining of grain, oil, and wine. In Psalms 4, 7, it says, Fill my heart with joy when their grain and new wine abound. In Luke 3, 37-38, Jesus said, No one pours new wine into old wineskins, otherwise new wine will burst up the skins. And the wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. New wine must be poured into new wineskins. I tell you, the struggle of being empty, the struggle of being blocked, the struggle of being frustrated in your life, the struggle that comes out about by routine are all the process, the crushings that you go through because God wants to break us in to give us new wine. He wants to constantly change our wineskins, our religious beliefs and our religious experiences because we become uh, just crystallized and we become stagnant we become stiff and bored and god has to do a new thing and so we go through these struggles that god would bring new wine to us that we would be new containers to experience god in a fresh new way he said i am fresh and new every morning 
His mercies are new every day. And that's the expectation we have that whatever God is doing to go through us, we've got to go and wrestle with it that we might experience the changes that are going on, that we might experience God in a greater way, that we might be filled in a whole new way. In the Old Testament, the different meanings for wine in um, Isaiah 55 were the word of God, his word. In Psalm, in um, Acts 2, it talks about the intoxication that happened, that people thought at Pentecost all these people were drunk. But really, what intoxicating means in the New Testament for us is spiritual ecstasy. When the Holy Spirit is poured out upon you and you're filled to overflowing, when you have a fresh new experience, especially when you've been so empty, it's the ecstasy of like, whoa, God comes in the fullness. I feel it in my heart. I feel it in my spirit. My soul is now happy. You know, my mind can't even figure out what just happened. Nothing has changed, but something supernatural has happened because the spirit that I cannot see has rushed in and filled my heart and my soul. That's what we want. That's what we need from the Holy Spirit. And that, that example of alcohol is that place where we are spent to be so affected, like the body and the mind can be affected when someone is drunk in alcohol, that God wants to supersede the things that we go through and the weights that we carry and the problems that we deal with. Pentecost, first fruits. First of the constant promise of infillings. It started at Pentecost with 120 in Acts 2.4. The 120 who waited for Jesus' promise of the Holy Spirit infilling were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The church age was powered up at Pentecost. The Godhead came down and now lives inside of all those who will receive him. In Numbers 14, 21, God promised this when talking with Moses, being frustrated with Israel. But truly, as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. I tell you, God wants to fill you with his glory today. God wants to constantly remind you that you are constantly filled with the glory of God because the Holy Spirit has been poured out and you have received it. You have to just kind of deal with your attitude and your feelings and your emotions and your thoughts and your circumstances. You have to push past that because the glory of the Lord is on you and is with you. It does not take a long time for God to fill you. It doesn't take that long. And then sometimes it does because we have to get through our, our self-life and our attitudes and all the things that, that keep us locked up. Our frustrations, our unbelief, our doubts, our thinking our way of perceiving God. We have such a perception that's connected to the natural. If we don't see God move right away, we think like he's not moving. He is constantly moving. We just can't even keep up with him. Ephesians reminds us in Ephesians 5.18, it says to stay filled with the Spirit. In Ephesians 3.16-19, Paul's prayer for all believers that was heard by the Lord and is offered up even for us as Paul was the apostle giving the Gospels at giving the uh, epistles and the things that we would know of how the church is supposed to run and what God wants to do for us and all the Christians that were, that were since the New Testament church was started. His prayer for believers was that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints 
for it is the width and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. That's the whole thing. God has a greater fill, fullness for us. He has something more for us. We have to just be open to keep receiving from it. And don't try to analyze it with your mind or, or catch it with feeling. Relax. Relax. Like, like let God just come in and fill you. Just some of you just need to sit down and quit stressing and just say, here I am. Put, open your arms, close your eyes, here I am. And if you fall asleep, don't knock yourself. As your body's resting, your spirit is always open and receiving what God wants to say to you. That we would be filled with all the fullness of God. There are many sources that claim they can fill us. You just watch a dozen commercials between something you watch on TV. Someone's offering something, and some of them are offering the answer for the same thing. Now, how could there be two different project products that promise to fill the same thing. It says the Lord fills all things. His love is filling us. Our key verse for today is Ephesians 1, 20 through 22 and 23 out of the New Living Translation. Paul tells us this. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Again, every time we come together, we are coming to God's filling station. We are coming to the place where he wants to pour into us and fill us and strengthen us. And yet, how many times we get distracted? How many times we're, we, we have an intention, we're going to go to the church or we're going to go to our home group and something comes up, we're too tired or whatever. You're missing your filling. He wants to fill you to overflowing. Thank you for being here today. May you be filled to overflowing. Matthew Henry comments on this. The same power that supports the world supports the church. And we are sure he loves his church, for it is the body, according to Ephesians 1.23. His mystical body, and he will care for it. He is the fullness of him that fills all in all. Jesus Christ fills all in all. He supplies all defects in all his members, filling them with his spirit. And even with the fullness of God, Ephesians 3.19. And yet the church is said to be his fullness because Christ as mediator would not be complete if he had not a church. How could he be a king if he had not a kingdom? This therefore comes in the honor of Christ as a mediator, that the church is his fullness. And that's why he loves it when we all gather together, when we put him first, when we seek him. He sees our body coming together when you're reconciling with a brother, when you're opening your heart and loving other people, when you're establishing friendships, godly friendships who are challenging you and speaking into your life and correcting you. He loves that because he sees his body coming together. For him to come back, he's got to see the church, the local bodies of Christ, get strong and healthy and whole and becoming obedient to everything he says. Here's a couple of definitions for fullness. Him who's coming and filling everything in the earth. Right now, Jesus is filling everything. Since, since Pentecost, since he died on the cross, he's now, his, all of his efforts are to pour into the earth. Don't go by what you see. Don't look at your lacks. Say, thank you, God, that you're filling all things. When you see the empty vessels you have, like the Old Testament, when, when the, the prophet had that lady go get the empty vessels so she could fill them up with oil so she could sell it to take care of her family. Don't look at what's empty. Keep asking God, fill. Everything you see is empty. Keep asking God to fill it. 
Keep asking God for wisdom. Do I need to change anything? God, do I need to put myself in any different position to be in that place that you can fill me? Another definition from the Greek lexicon is fullness is a total quality and emphasis upon completeness. You know, we try so many different things to complete us. I tell you, it is Jesus who's filling all in all, and he wants to complete us. He fills us with his righteousness, cleansing us from sin. He fills us with joy and peace. He fills us with hope for eternal life with him. He fills our mouth with words of life and encouragement. He fills us with purpose and vision beyond our ability and imagination. He fills our heart with his love. He fills our soul and we re- with real life so we can arise from sorrow and grief. He has promised that he is now filling all things. Are you empty today? Jesus still fills empty vessels. Will you stand with me? Oh, man, we have, I had eight pages, and it's only 1129. Thank you, Jesus. You're going to get out of here early, and you're going out full of Jesus. But maybe you're here today, and you have some things that are blocking you. Maybe you just want to pray on your own. You come over here and pray on my right, your left, and, and you won't be bothered by anybody. If you want people to pray for you, come over here on my left, your right, and people will lay hands and pray over you. Maybe you're over here and you're wrestling for a while and something says in you, the Holy Spirit says, you need prayer. Just get up and come over to this side. People will pray with you. If you felt like you have an idol, like sometimes there's this block, you have an idol, you have something before God, 